0: Got had a request to talk to a neurology PA, and little did I know how much this episode would deliver. Y'all, Brie is awesome, and you're going to love her. Welcome to the Pre-PA Club podcast. If you want to learn how to become a physician assistant, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Savannah Perry. Let's get to it. Happy Black Friday, everyone. If you are not on the newsletter, which you should be, you may not know that we have some great Black Friday specials going on today only, so if you're listening to this after the fact, I'm so sorry. You may have to wait till next year, or the only other time we really do this is around CASPA time, but... If you are listening, in the 24 hours that is Black Friday, we have the PA school interview course for 50% off and $100 mock interviews, which is the cheapest they ever are because um, my coaches deserve to get paid like PAs. So if you have any questions about that, let me know, but it's all on the website. So if you go to thepaplatform.com, You can find it there and um, check out our social media. We'll have links as well. But those are some resources that you may find helpful. All right. So for today's episode, I love getting to connect with PAs. And usually that happens over social media these days. But um, someone, actually a few people asked, you know, can you interview a neurology PA? And I was having trouble finding someone. But then I noticed that, Um, At Between Two Stethoscopes on Instagram was a neuro PA. And we've interacted a little bit, you know, just sharing each other's posts, being in a few groups, messages together. But so I reached out and she said yes. But she's awesome. Like she was a non-traditional applicant, which is really interesting. And then um, she went to a program that was a feed-in program with like a three plus two, which is really cool. And then she works in neurology, and we have very similar, what I would say, similar outlooks and job um, satisfaction. So um, she has a lot of wisdom to share, and I think this episode and interview is going to be extremely helpful to you. Actually, like all of the interviews I have coming up are going to be extremely helpful. So, all right, let's jump in and hear from Bree. But first, I did want to remind you that MyPA Resource is a sponsor of this podcast, and you know. 2020 is gonna be here really soon. And so if that is your application cycle, now is the time to start thinking about your personal statement and working on it. And if you need help with that, reach out to my PA resource. They have a free workshop to help you get started with it, and then they have editing services. I am one of the editors for them, and you can use the code FUTURE PA for any for a discount on any editing service. Also, check out PA School Prep.com, and that is for someone who's about to start PA school or has a little gap before they start and would like to refresh on things like anatomy, physiology, med terms, and make sure you're ready to go um, because those are the areas where people tend to struggle the most once they get into PA school. And that future PA code works at PA School Prep as well and at the PA platform, just not on Black Friday. So, all right, let's jump into hearing from Bree, and then make sure you follow her on Instagram, because she is amazing.
1: Okay, my name is Bree Marks. I'm a physician assistant working in neurology. I've been at PA for five years now.
0: Okay, when did you graduate?
1: 2014. Me too. Okay. Oh, cool. (laughs) Um, And tell us,
0: well, first tell us where you went to PA school and where you went to undergrad.
1: I did my undergrad at Central Michigan University. Um, I'm from Michigan originally, and then I did graduate school at DeSales University in Center Valley, Pennsylvania. Okay.
0: So how did you walk us through your journey of how you became a PA
1: or decided that was the right thing for you? Sure. So I was a sociology major in undergrad. I thought I was going to work in nonprofits forever forever. Um, I was really lucky as like a young student, even as an 18 year old, I got very involved with some different nonprofit organizations and was able to get into leadership with them as a young person. So by the time I was 25 or 26, I'd been in national leadership positions for years, which was so cool. Uh, But I realized that in the nonprofit world, it's kind of like you go all in or you have to do something else. And, um. I was just like, I don't want to do this forever. I don't see this as being, like, my career for the next 40 years. And I felt so lost and had no idea what to do instead. I felt like I had no skills other than, like, the really specific skills I had to work in nonprofits. Um, I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. And in the, the Maryland suburbs around D.C., a, bit, a lot of the um, EMS services are volunteer. And if you join EMS, then they'll do all your training for. Sorry. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry. my mom's trying to FaceTime me. Of course. <laughs> um, join us. So one of my roommates was doing EMS and was like, you should come check it out. See if you like it. Um, so I joined um, the Wheaton Volunteer Rescue Squad out of Wheaton, Maryland, and became an EMT and just absolutely fell in love with medicine. And that's how I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Um, my Lieutenant at the, at the fire station, cause fire and EMS are together in Maryland was a critical care PA. Okay. So he was the first one that was like, come check out what I do. Come, you know, stay, stay in the ICU with me overnight. See if you like it. And I was just like, this is amazing. Um, and so then I knew, I knew for sure I wanted to do medicine and, um, I definitely knew I wanted to be a PA. So I had to quit my full-time job, which was very scary and go back and do all of my prereqs. At once. So I did all of my math and science credits in about a year and a half.
0: Okay. What did you? So you weren't working at all at that point, or
1: I, I was working as a nanny under the table.
0: Okay. <laughs> Good. Right. Um, gosh, when I talk to all you, all of my interviews, y'all make me feel so boring. I'm like, I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in Georgia my whole life, and you're like, I'm in all these different states.
1: So. Oh well. I yeah well, you maybe guys. you knew more what you wanted right away <laughs> <All> <laughs> some right. of us you know take a, a winding body r- I'm boring
0: um okay so you decided to do all your prereqs and kind of working part-time getting prereqs kind of making that your priority were you still volunteering yeah. as in in with the EMT stuff
1: I did for a while mm-hmm. so I moved to about three hours from there so for a while I went back and forth I made it about four or five months. And then it just got to be too much because the, the commitment for volunteering is, is a lot of hours. It's about 20 hours a week, which, you know, I loved doing when I lived there. It was really hard to sustain when I moved away. Yeah, that would be hard. Um,
0: okay. So you did your prereqs. Um, did you, so then we'll get to application process. Did you have everything complete an application process? Did you feel like I'm ready or were you still kind of like, eh, I don't know. Let's just give this a shot.
1: You know, honestly, I was so naive about how hard it is to get into school. I'm glad I didn't know because I was like, obviously I'm going to get in. (laughs) No problem. So when I, when I submitted my application, um, I did have all my prereqs done. I had, um, all my volunteer hours that I I need, or my patient care hours, I should say, um, because I got that through EMS. And I'd done a lot of shadowing at that point, because actually the hospital where I work at now has a shadowing program, like a formal shadowing program. So if you get accepted into this program, you can shadow as much as you want. So I had all my hours um, and everything set. And like I said, I had no idea how competitive it was. So I was like, I went in being like, of course I'm going to get in, obviously. (laughs) Luckily for me. (laughs) So how many schools did you apply to? It's been a while at this point, but I think I applied to seven. Okay. Um, and I got turned down by, I want to say two or three, just didn't offer me an interview. I had an interview at three schools and then um, I got an interview at my top two including to sales, which is where I ended up going. And by the time I got accepted into the sales, like I had others, like the rest of the schools that offer me interviews, but I had turned them down because I'd already accepted.
0: Okay. Um, from your interview experience or just thinking about your application, since you did have kind of a different background, do you think that made you stand out or did that make them kind of question whether you were going to sure. be committed to this?
1: So I had a really amazing mentor, um, like a PA mentor when I was doing this application process and what she told me and what I pass on to any pre PAs that I talk to now is that a non traditional or non, you know, bio degree background is a good thing. It's, it's a plus I think, cause it does make you stand out. And at the same time, you have to prove that you can do the work. So, you know, if you're coming from an arts major, music major, business major, whatever it is, that's fine. But your science GPA needs to be really stellar because you need to show them like, no, I can do it because I think that's really what the what the GPA is for is to show them like I, I can do the work. I'm not going to start this program and fail out or quit.
0: No, I agree, and I think I mean looking back, I was a bio major. Again, I'm the most boring PA applicant in the world.
1: But <laughs> I don't think uh, you're you knew what you that's wanted. What I'm realizing.
0: Um, but if I went back, I would do something different. I would I would mm-hmm. choose a major that I in something that I don't think I would ever get to learn about formally sure. again. Um, yeah. Like even so, my sister was a a bit in the business school, but a management major Mm -hmm. and then she went on and got her MBA and I just think that's so cool and then um and she's gotten to do some cool like certifications and classes with that and then like some of my friends were PR majors and they did these projects that just sounded so fun to me while Uh I'm like struggling through classes I didn't care about you know that
1: weren't required
0: but were required for my major not for PA school you know
1: yeah I mean it's like it's so easy to look back and think what you should have Oh yeah. Like, man, if I had known what I wanted, I would have saved myself so many thousands of dollars. Oh, but
0: yeah, and stress. You know, I just wouldn't have been the really stressed out person I was. Right. But um, that's kind of what I tell people to like. Please pick something you actually enjoy and not to learn yeah. About. yeah. Um, don't and, feel you know, like I, you have to be
1: a bio major. Right, and I really don't regret that time that I took, kind of after undergrad and until I started PA school. Like, because I didn't start PA school until I was 29. Okay, so. Might be interesting to people that are, like, um, but I mean, like, I got to like really have such a really full, you know, fun in my opinion, interesting experience in my whole twenties. Yeah. So it's like there was a lot of angst, you know, being like, is this going to work out or not? But, um, but I I needed that time, I guess, to get to where I'm at now. So I don't regret it. That's awesome.
0: Okay, so um, you went through the application process, ended up getting into your top choice, which is awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how
1: was PA school for you? So I was expecting to be like the smartest person in the world. I like your confidence. Like, yes, I don't have a confidence problem, but I have a reality problem. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was really hard for me to not be the top student in the class because i was honestly such an average pa student like i i was never in danger of failing out but there is no way i was at the top of my class
0: it's hard <laughs> yeah
1: so that was that was like a real slap in the face for me i really had to adjust my expectations and you know it's like i know everybody says it and you don't believe it but it's like you have to be okay with getting a b yeah. and i that was that was very difficult for me mm-hmm. but um but in the end, I was like, okay, you know, I want an A, but the, the important thing is that understanding the material. So I would say the first semester was, was really challenging for me because I was like, why am I not excelling? And I wasn't, but I did fine. Yeah. <laughs> and then I kind of, you know, by, by second semester, third semester, I was like, okay, I've got a handle on this. And um, by clinical year, that was, when, that was when it all really came together for me. And I think it played to my personal strengths of just like, you know, being very comfortable around patients, like having, um, being comfortable with, with interactions with different providers and things like that, that really worked for me. My school, uh, DeSales University, also has um, a three plus two program. So like an undergrad two masters yeah. built in. So about half of my class were undergrads that were finishing their undergrad and getting their masters at the same time and half that were, um, you know, non not, maybe not non-traditional, but people that were coming in as graduate students. Right. So, honestly, like, the undergrads, like, kicked our butts. Really? For, for, for the most part, yeah. Oh, the first, except, like, a um, little fun fact. I don't know if you know them, but PAs in Paradise, who have an Instagram account. I'll have to look. And, oh, yeah, if you don't know them, they went to school with me, and okay. they were, they came in as grad students, and they kicked everybody's butts. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> so, except, except for them, they were we'll awesome. We'll have to get them
0: on and figure out how they did that. Um, yeah. They're- that's awesome. Um, did, how many people were in your
1: class? My class was 40. Okay. They've now um, since expanded the class to 80. Oh, wow. we were the last class of 40. Large. Okay, all in
0: one campus? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah, mine was 44. Um, mm-hmm. So we were about the same. Um, okay, so after PA school, did you know you wanted to go into neurology? How did that happen? <laughs> I, I mean, always knew. Is wanted- that been your only job, by the way, too? No. Okay. It hasn't
1: been the only job. Um, I always knew I wanted to take care of sick people. Okay. Like, I just really like the high acuity, sort of fast-paced. I love being in the ICU. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to do trauma. I, like, went in being like, that's the only thing I want to do. I'm going to do trauma for sure, for sure, for sure. And then, you know, like, life happens, and that's not the way it worked out. So my first job was actually in neurosurgery. But I was a neuro-hospitalist for neurosurgery, meaning that I took care of the ICU patients, the pre-ops, the post-ops, the um, emergent consults, in the emergency department for neurosurgery. So I never actually went into surgery. Okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've always loved the brain. That was, that was something that um, I always liked in anatomy. I always found it really interesting. I liked when we did our um, you know, neurosection and PA school. So I was pretty excited to go into neurosurgery, honestly. And then that just, that particular job was not a good fit for me, but neuro as a field has been a great fit.
0: Okay. So what does your overall schedule look like? I guess like a week and then like a day, like what
1: do you mm-hmm. do? Sure. So I work five, eight hour shifts. So, generally, that's Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Like, I know I'm so spoiled. I have, like, the best schedule. <laughs> that's my
0: schedule, too, so it's <laughs> and, uh, so, so you
1: understand. Um, but I do work one out of every six or so weekends. And when I work a weekend, then I get the Thursday off and the Tuesday following. Uh, wait, the, the Tuesday following off. There we go. So yeah. Thursday before, Tuesday following off. So I'm working this weekend, so I'm off on Thursday. Gotcha. So that's pretty nice. Um, Many of my colleagues do four tens. That's just not a schedule that really like helps me out that much. Like I would love to work four days a week, but for me, like with the way that my life is set up, like working, working shorter shifts every day just works better. So that's my week. And then my day varies based on if I'm at our academic center, like our academic main hospital, or if I'm at a community hospital, um, if I'm at our main hospital, then that's kind of where it's like a level one trauma center, it's a stroke center. It's where, you know, all the residents are, all the med students are for the most part, the PA students, everybody's there. It's huge. It's like, it's own little city. Okay. So so if I'm there, uh, we round on our patients at 8am, meaning we, we run through the list of patients. We talk about everybody. We divide up who's going to see who um, we all of us, like present the patients that are follow-ups to us saying, you know, this is a person that blah, 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 blah. This is the plan for today. Um, And then we we split up. So I'll go, um, I'll see my new consults, meaning I do all of their chart review. I look at all the imaging they already have. I look at all the lab work they already have. Um, Then I go see them. I do their entire history, their entire physical, come up with a plan, order whatever imaging and uh, whatever other studies we might need. Um, And then I see you know, we'll, we'll say I see three or four patients and then I'll, um, do what's called staffing. So I'll staff with my attending and say, Hey, you know, I'm ready to talk about these patients. Um, and then, you know, then I formally present to my, uh, to my attending and say, you know, this is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. This is my plan. And they say, okay, (laughs) (laughs) Generally, Okay. generally speaking, if I'm at, um, one of our community hospitals, then I'm there by myself for most of the day, probably like 80% of the day. So we don't round. Then I just go in, I look at the list. I see whoever needs to be seen, um, do all of that. And then I'll staff with my attending either over the phone or they might come there for the last, you know, couple hours of the day. And then we'll talk to them. We'll talk about them then. But, um, I, the way that our team works is generally we work as a team, meaning that the physician, like, sees most of the patients that I see, but it's really so much a collaborative effort. Like, I'm doing 90%. They kind of, like, come in and and give their expertise and stuff. And it's, uh, it's a situation that feels, like, really comfortable and fulfilling for everybody. Okay. Because, because, like, our attendings will have maybe 30 patients that they need to see every day. And that's a lot in neuro. Yeah. So that's, like, really a lot. So, whereas I might see eight or nine, they have to see so many more. So it's really like they very much trust our assessment plan exam and kind of move forward. So we really do expand care that way because there's no way that a physician could see that many patients, patients so by themselves. You,
0: you feel like you have a good relationship, good teamwork atmosphere and good level of autonomy?
1: 100%. I feel like I'm like the luckiest person in the world with my team. I, I really, really adore my team, and I, I really love my job.
0: That is awesome. Yeah, that's what I I feel similarly. I think I, you know, great. see my patients that I need to, but also have a really great support system in place if I need it. Um, great. And so I always feel bad for the PAs who I feel like don't have,
1: have that because it's out there, and it makes yeah. your
0: life so great.
1: Yeah. I look forward to going to work every day. I yeah. honestly do. And, like, my <laughs> – My team is actually, like, we're such nerds. We, like, hang out with each other all the time. Like, we do, like, movie nights, and we go out to dinner, and, you know, we hang out a lot. So I feel like I get to go to work with my friends every day. It's great.
0: Yeah, I feel the same, and I think that's a great work environment. Um, Mm -hmm. Is neuro a hard field for PAs to get into, or is it something that's pretty available as far as jobs go?
1: I don't think it's a hard field to get into. I think there's so much need really like, and if there's only going to be more need because the population is sort of aging and not that all of my patients are older, but you know, a lot of older patients have neuro issues with strokes, you know, things like that. Um, so I think it's only, there's only going to be more and more need. I wouldn't, I would never tell somebody like, Oh, it's going to be impossible to get a job out of school. If that's what you want to do, it might take a little looking, you might need to be willing to relocate, but that's true for any job. Yeah. For the most part, unless you want to do primary care, you have to sort of be willing to, give you know, something look at Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: Okay. So, um, first of all, I feel like you're just an amazing person. Oh, thank <laughs> you. You said I want take care of sick people. I was like, we are so different. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my job feels so cushy. Um, I want you to give us your advice specifically for someone who's in a different Field. So someone who's in mm-hmm. kind of like you were, you know, uh, a different type of job, a different field altogether, who mm-hmm. is kind of like playing with the idea of maybe becoming a PA. I mean, sure. what what advice would you give them as someone who's
1: done that, who's, I mean, switched? I would say talk to as many PAs as you can find. Don't trust kind of one person's experience I think especially if it's a negative experience, you know what I mean? Because uh, what's so amazing now is like through Instagram, through Facebook, through these podcasts, like through the work that you do, is it's pretty easy to find people to talk to. I don't think that that was true when you and I were applying. Oh, no, no, no. That's why why the PA platform exists, was
0: because I struggled to find answers. I mean, to the point where Mm -hmm. I was messaging random PAs on Facebook, begging them to talk
1: to me yeah yeah so I would say you know reach out to as many PAs as you can do as much shadowing as you can I know that's a touchy subject it's not that easy to do but I mean I have people message me all the time being like hey can I you know and they'll ask me like five or six questions and I'm like let's just talk on the phone (laughs) (laughs) like I talked to two pre-PAs on the phone yesterday I'm like let's just talk on the phone yeah let me answer whatever questions (laughs) you have Uh, because it's going to be quicker than me typing it to you but um and also, like, think about why do you want to do this? What's your motivation? Um, because there's a lot of things that are easier. You know, there's a lot of things that are going to take less time. Mm-hmm. If what you want to do is take care of patients, if you want to be, um, you know, part of the care team, part of someone that's diagnosing, that's prescribing medications, that's interpreting labs, that's doing procedures, that's in surgery, um, then, you know, then, then it's worth it. But you really need to know your why, because it's not easy. It's a really, you know, there's a lot of tears. There's a lot of, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into it. And also, you know, I think, I think we're getting better all the time with letting people know what we can do and what we're capable of, but you are going to run into that when you went to med school. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you just go to med school? Well, why didn't you go to nursing school if you're not going to be a doctor, you know, and being prepared for those questions, um, and, and like I said, really think about your why, because if, if you need to be, you know, the absolute authority, the absolute boss on things, like maybe being a pay is not the best thing for you because you're always, there's always going to be, you know, somebody that's, that's like going to second guess you and that you just have to have good ego strength about that right. and be like, you know, but for me, this is the exact right choice because I get to do all of those things I just said. And I get to have the work-life balance where I, you know. Ultimately, I'm not working like 80, 90 hour weeks because I don't want to do that. I want to go to work and love my job and take care of patients and connect with them. And then I want to go home and leave work at work. Yeah. I want to leave work at work. I want to go for a run. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to go on vacation and not kind of constantly be feeling like I'm not giving enough to work. Right.
0: Which I think, so my husband's a physician. Um <laughs> And I think there's a lot of pressure. So we both, you and I have been working five years. He just finished residency. He just started his real job two months ago, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think there is a lot of pressure that comes with being in school for that long and putting that much time, effort, money into it to feeling like your job can become your identity very easily. Whereas as a PA, that wasn't what I wanted for myself. I didn't want my job to become my identity as much as I did want to help people and patients and all of that. So um, we're,
1: we're kind of on the,
0: the same page there with right. all of that. And um, yeah. and so, yeah, I know that was all great advice.
1: Yeah, actually, my, my older brother is a surgeon. Okay. He, we're, we're 18 months apart. Okay. So he, he actually took a very traditional path through med school. Mm-hmm. So he did, you know, undergrad right to med school, right to residency, right to fellowship, He's now doing a second fellowship. Oh, my gosh. He's <laughs> I know. And my, my best friend actually was a non-traditional student and started med school the year that I started K-School. So it was cool, yeah. it was cool to be able to sort of see the other side of it. Yeah. But she's fourth-year resident now. So, you know, I've been practicing for five years. She's yeah. just finished. But med school was the right choice for both of them.
0: Yeah. No, and that's what so, I think you do have to decide. If it's, in for me, I mean PA, the PA I work with and I, with, and I were actually talking about this and how most PAs who enjoy their jobs, I feel like our personality, so we're talking about different personalities in the workplace. You know, if my supervising physician comes to me and says, Hey, maybe next time, like I read your note, do this or consider this. I'm like, Okay, that's a great idea. Oh, you know? That's awesome. Oh, I love learning. Good. I'm not like, Oh, I'm offended that you don't think I did it right. No, right. I'm like, oh, okay. terrible yeah. Person. yeah, I'm like, That I mean, sounds great. Like, good idea. You know? Awesome. <laughs> um, and so I think, I think if that's not how you handle criticism or, um, if you can't have that kind of positivity, then you're right. It may not be, be where mm-hmm. you want to end up. But shadowing helps with that a lot. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell everybody where they can find you and oh, great. ask you all the questions.
1: <laughs> sure. So I'm most active on Instagram. My Instagram is between two stethoscopes, like stethoscope that you wear around your neck <laughs> or your, yeah, I wear mine around my neck because yes. I'm a nurse. I don't like listen to too many hearts, but um, so it's between two status posts. I am also on Facebook, but I uh, I'm not very active on there. Okay. So if you message me on Instagram, I'll probably get back to you that day. If you message me on Facebook, you have to wait till I remember and log in. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to um, do this. Thank you so much for asking me. It was yeah. such a pleasure to talk to you and get to kind of meet you more or less person. in person. <laughs>